Hi, it's Megan, and thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Woo as Fuck. This week, we actually recorded, um, I guess it was three weeks ago, um, with my very best friend, Kylie. She and I have been friends since fourth grade, (laughs) Um, and the audio quality actually was why this episode wasn't initially released on schedule. My microphone at the time was on its last leg. That was the day that it officially died. So I wasn't super happy with the audio quality, but with the power of editing magic, I was able to get it to an acceptable level. So I hope that you guys really enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun for me to listen to again while I was editing. I will um, go ahead and preface this by saying that there is some content that we discussed that you may or may not be interested in. So we talk a little bit about our relationship with food. We talk about our relationship with where we grew up. We talk about our relationship with our body. There is some um, discussion of suicidal ideation and reasons why maybe you should hang on a little bit longer. Um, We talk about some end of life stuff and the way that our minds work with mental health. Mental health is the primary topic of this podcast. Um, In the beginning, Kylie is a little bit uncomfortable because this is her first time being on a podcast. So please be kind and gentle. And by the middle, she gets a lot more comfortable. And it's a really fun discussion. And I hope that you guys enjoy it. So let's get into it. Megan. And it's Kali. <laughs> and welcome to this week's episode of Woo as Fuck. So Kylie is a childhood best friend of mine and we have known each other our whole lives pretty much. Mm-hmm. And because Lissa is on a retreat with her partner, we're going to have the blessed... <laughs> what? <laughs> we have the privilege of... Um, being joined by Kylie. Thank you for having me. Of course. So this week we're going to be talking a bit about mental health and the darkness that kind of comes along with that and different coping mechanisms, different struggles, and just kind of being candid and real about what that's like. Yes. yes. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, one of your first ever experiences with being on a podcast, right? Let's just like get that out of the way. Yes. Yes. I am uh uh, I'm just your average Steve. <laughs> average Steve, yeah. Um, just average Steve. I listen to podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I don't participate in them. So this is a uh, uh, an opportunity for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel about it, first and foremost? Like, like coming into this, what's your energy? Are you nervous? Are you excited? What concerns do you have? I'm just kind of curious to see what the uh, – process is like yeah see what the process is like and you know maybe what the possible feedback would be and if you know if anything because I mean I'm not I'm not your partner so I'm just kind (laughs) of coming into this like blindly (laughs) yeah definitely I think that's pretty like good to know though because I would imagine there's a lot of people who have never been on a podcast I had 
never really been on a podcast prior to this. I guessed it on a few episodes back in my um, boss babe design days. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'd never really been on one. And I think that I'm really excited to have you here with me. I'm excited too. That's what I was going to say. Like, I'm pretty excited to be here and try this out. Try this on for, you know, size or however that saying goes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with this topic, like the darkness that comes along with mental health issues, we both have mental health issues. I think almost everybody, especially right now, has some sort of mental health issue, really. Mm-hmm. But I know for us personally, because we've known each other for so long, we, we like know when the other person's struggling and can kind of reach out and we know the ebbs and flows of it. But I don't know that a lot of other people even have that kind of support, mm-hmm. which is it, it's like suffering in silence. And a lot of this does feel like you're suffering in isolation and silence, even if you know that you have a support system. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I know like for me personally, like if I'm in a really bad episode, you know, like I just don't feel like reaching out like I probably should simply because, you know, I feel like a burden to people. And it's like, you know, like the stuff that I deal with is can and is pretty heavy. And I just don't want to like unload that stuff on anybody. Cause I know, you know, like I know people are dealing with their own stuff and, They've, you know, everybody's got something going on and, you know, like, why would I add to that? So, yeah, it can be, um, yeah, it's, it's just hard to reach out sometimes. So, yeah, I definitely struggle sometimes with that as well, because it feels like you, I think one of my biggest fears, like one of the things that I'm really facing is that I don't want to be a burden. Yeah. I don't want to be, a, I think that's what a lot of it boils down to. I don't want to be a burden to my partner. I don't want to be a bum, like a bummer or a burden to my friends. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot about like end of life stuff too. Like I, um, if I'm unable to take care of myself, the idea of someone else taking care of me makes me um, really uncomfortable. Yeah. It like freaks me out, man. Like it really does. Um, I've been in a situation for the last few years where I've been like the sole provider of my family. And, uh, you know, like I've got two people, you know, I'm from a three person household, including myself. So, you know, I've got like, everyone's like depending on me and, you know, like it freaks me out all the time. Like if something were to happen or, you know, like if it got too bad, you know, I don't know, like I just got, I just got so much on the line, I feel like, and, you know, I don't want to, it's like, I just can't entertain that idea that something that I'm not going to be able to handle something or something happens to me, or if I just get so bad off, you know, I don't know. It's, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I totally get that, 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 that everyone's relying on you and having known you in person for so long, I, I've seen it wear on you in a different way than anything else has really bothered you because there are all of like, it was hard enough when you were struggling, like, and you were responsible for yourself. But whenever you have other people who are literally depending on you for their livelihood, it Mm -hmm. adds like a whole new layer to, to that feeling. Because if you already have mental health issues and then you add that on top of it, it can kind of exasperate it to where it feels so much darker and so much heavier. And I would imagine a lot of people who are parents feel the exact same way. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause you know, it's like, 
oh, well, if it's just me, you know, I can just deal with it however I deal with it. Because used to, before I had my son, you know, it was just when things got bad, you know, I could just sleep all day and, you know, just eat myself into an oblivion or whatever. And now that he's got me to, you know, I've got to take care of him because not only is he here, but he also is disabled. And so, you know, that, um, that adds a lot of stress onto it all because he deserves, he deserves to have a comfortable and happy life. And I've got to be the one to provide that. So, yeah. Yeah. And that really adds an additional element to it because you wanted to have a kid so badly and then you were blessed with this perfect little angel, but he definitely has some struggles mm-hmm. that make it a bit more challenging. Like you have to adjust your work schedule a lot and he needs a lot of one-on-one attention. And when you're in those episodes, because your entire life you've been able to just sleep or game it away and um, disassociate, now you have to be like present in your body and be aware of everything. So you don't have that like grieving period, like that downtime. And no. it, it makes it like, so it's like you're running on E and then someone keeps siphoning the gas away from you. Yes, completely and totally. That's... What, what do you do to cope? Like what things have you found that really help you with that? Um, I guess it just depends on how I feel for the day. Because um, I mean, like there's different levels to it, like different levels of how bad I feel, you know, or just how checked out I feel. So for the most part, like, I mean, I have to like, you know, like go through a process. Like if one thing don't work, I have to try something else. And, um, a lot of times, you know, I'll, uh, like sit with my son and, uh, you know, we'll play on his tablet together or we'll watch Sesame street together. And, you know, like I'm focused on him and trying to make him happy and hearing him laugh helps a lot. Um, but there are days where, you know, I'm just so out there, you know, like I have to completely like just go inward and I have to either write like journal, you know, I've always, I've always journaled since I was a little kid. Um, I've journaled, uh, I'll play video games, I'll read or watch TV, just put myself somewhere else that's not here in the present time. Do you think that helps a lot? I don't know. <laughs> like, I know it helps keep my brain busy. Yeah. And, um, but as far as actually like helping, like I'm not really, um, I don't think that I'm actually like tackling the problem. So you're, you're like band-aiding it so you can do yeah. it on a later date. Yeah. And then like when that later day always comes, you know, it's just still there, still festering, And I just honestly think that, you know, with mental illness, it's just a constant, you just try to ease it enough just to make it through one more day. At least that's what it's been for me. anyway. Yeah. Sometimes it really helps to just look at like the one day at a time, Mm -hmm. because I know for me, whenever I get in my really bad states, because um, I guess to be candid, there are a lot of times, especially when I was younger, it's it's a little bit better now that I'm older, but there are definitely times where I have um, 
a slight case of the kabloomies that just kind of lingers at all times. Not that I, I didn't like I want to do it, but it's kind of like if I were to just disappear, it would be okay. And I don't know if that's like an intrusive thought or just trauma response, like I'm coping with things that I've dealt with, especially as I've been like trying to heal more parts of myself and facing more of the shadow and kind of going more inward. Sometimes you come across things and you're just like, mm, can we not? Can we not do- deal with that today, maybe? Yeah. Um, and all you can do, and sometimes the best thing that you can do is like just turn your brain off and disassociate. And that that isn't always the most healthy mechanism for the situation no, because you're not. not, yeah, you're not, you're not dealing with it at all. But if it is the difference between you being catatonic and unable to do anything, or you can have some escapism in a game or a book or whatever, you got to choose the one that lets you function. Yeah, you know? yeah definitely. And um, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that there, you definitely do have to work on it. But whenever you're in a situation where you literally don't have the space to take up space to deal with your stuff, and you don't always have like a supportive team, and there's a lot of people relying on you. I think it, you have to have grace with yourself that not everything's going to get fixed overnight. You're not going to um, journal about it and then do the work and figure out like, oh, that's like the core issue. And then it magically goes away. No. Yeah. No. And that, I mean, that's for everyone, but especially when you have like a limited capacity to do mm-hmm. anything, you know? Yeah. I think that's like once, once the problem is like, you're facing the problem itself actually like having to heal through it is another whole, you know, that's a whole different process and that's more time that you've got to, you know, deal with. So, I mean, I think the healing process though could be like gradual and Mm -hmm. you have to really approach it that way. Like you can't expect, yourself to like look at Jane Doe and say she heals so much faster than me and why am I not keeping up with it especially with like social media or like platforms like TikTok where every day you're just like faced with like trauma 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 did you know this like really unique thing about yourself is actually super common and is a direct response to this trauma yeah (laughs) and so like I'm here for cats I wasn't here for that today but (laughs) If you, if you like have grace with yourself and you say like, my healing journey is unique to myself and it doesn't look the same way as anyone else. And then you're just mindful, like in those, um, disassociation periods to like cope, like how long have you been in it? Kind of check, like touch base with yourself and say like, has it been a day? That's fine. Has it been three weeks? Ooh, that's a long time for autopilot. Yeah. Maybe it's time to uh, do a little bit of that healing. Just like a, a little baby step. Yes. And that could look like, I know for me, a lot of times it looks like, like I took a shower. <laughs> Good yes. job. Pat on the back. You took a shower today. Um, I put on clothes that are actual clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 That, that's been a big one, especially with the um, being home for almost two years yes. and not having to go out or do anything. Um, I stopped wearing real clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. Like, it's comfortable. It's cozy. But sometimes it's nice to put on a pair of pants. They could be leggings, but they're pants. Do you have pants on today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just, it's like a, 
a sense of normalcy, like before everything just kind of went, you know, to the pot, basically. Yeah. Um, um, that sense of normalcy is kind of hard to find too. Um, mm -hmm. my partner and I recently went to a shopping center, which we haven't done in years. And it was so like mundane and boring. But when we got home, we immediately were like, oh, I want to go back there. And it was yeah. because we had that like little taste of what it was like in the before times. Yeah. You know? And, and it's so weird to think of it like that too, like the before yeah. times. <laughs> that's what I call it, the before times. I mean, that's how I reference it too, you know, like the, the things from before, like before yeah. everything just went to crap. So, yeah. And it's it's been... Um, I don't think the world's ever going to look the same way again. And I think that there, there are definitely some benefits that have come out of all of this. Like a lot of people have been doing a lot more work on themselves, like having that physical distance between themselves and other people mm -hmm. have allowed them to like, they have, they have no choice. They got to sit with themselves. Yeah. And um, if they're stuck with themselves, do, do I, do I like me? Do, do I, am I, am I a good person? Um, how am I filling my time? Is it with things that I actually value and that mean something to me? Or am I like literally wasting all of my time? And everybody's been moving away from working traditionally. The, the past, the before times version of traditionally. Because um, I'm actually living for this. Um, the, the great, uh, what are they calling it? The great resignation. Where yeah. people are saying like, no, I'm not doing this anymore if you have lost half of your staff i'm not doing the work of seven people and getting paid barely what i'm even worth as one person and uh, as a designer i've worked with a lot of companies who are like making documentation especially like some recruiting companies i've worked with where they're making like documentation and everything for like employers and a lot of them actually address this in a new way it's so cool to see because they've said like oh um actually listen to your employees encourage them to actually take time off have realistic expectations about salary look at the average cost of rent in their area can they afford to live in their area and when i was reading it as i was designing it i was like yes hell yes like we're finally making a marginal amount of progress mm-hmm it's not going to happen overnight. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, there has been um, progress, I think, you know, like since all this has happened, but I'm, you know, going back to like the before times or whatever, it's like, there's also that grieving process of, well, I know for me, because I'm naturally a hermit, you know, I've always been a hermit and I didn't realize how much I took for granted of that normalcy, um, before the pandemic, um, you know, like I was sitting, I think, cause like used to, you know, my husband and I, we would go and browse the vendors malls and, um, you know, just go window shopping. Vendors malls. Oh my gosh. I can walk around the vendors mall for hours. I love looking at people's discarded crap because there are some real gems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there really is. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, the, and there's like a sense of mourning. And I think it's not just me. It's, you know, everybody, you know, and um, especially people who are who have been taking this pretty serious. Um, 
you know, there's, there's just, a lot of people who haven't been taking this seriously at all and nothing no. has changed for them. But people like you and your family have some immunocompromised situations. I myself um, have some, like I have an autoimmune, so I have to really consider my immune system. And so my partner and I have been really serious about it and really mindful about it. Maybe sometimes a little bit too much, so maybe sometimes not enough because we've definitely had some lax periods and some more intense periods. But there are definitely people out there who have done whatever they want. And that's, that's their life. That's their version of things. And it's frustrating for those of us who have been at home. I'm just going to be honest about it because it, it, it is. Yeah. But I was also like prior to this, I'm an introvert and I don't really enjoy going out and about. And my like social meter is really low, like for in-person mm-hmm. contact. But we had... Every couple of months, we'd have, like, a dinner. We would um, go out and run errands in person. And we did all of these little things that seemed like nothing, but whenever it was all taken away, ooh, that was a big change. And I, I took a lot of stuff for granted, like our ability to travel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes, because, like, I'm afraid to even go out to a park, you know, and they're okay. So like I tried to maintain some business during the pandemic, you know, I do photography on the side. So, you know, like I would go out and try to do outdoor photo shoots at a safe distance and the amount of people that would be there unmasked, like constantly in your way. And like, cause I've always wore my mask and people staring at me and, um, you know, giving me these weird looks because, you know, like I said, not enough people <laughs> are taking it seriously enough. And, um, you know, like, so even going to the park is just, that was something so small that we could have done easily. And that, um, you know, we really have to take into consideration, you know, like the time of day that we could probably even go if there's going to be enough, you know, if there's not going to be a lot of people there and, you know, and it's like just so much time that we have lost. And I don't know, it's just, a, it's a grieving process as, you know, I just, I miss the opportunity to be able to, um, just do whatever I want. And I can't do that anymore. Yeah. That autonomy, that freedom to like go out and about or do whatever, yeah. or go to an event or, um, we just canceled yeah. our vacation. <laughs> um, well, we didn't just, we did it like a month ago. We canceled our vacation that we had been looking forward to for a really long time, but it was across the country and my partner ended up having to do a big project at work. Anywho. So it was fine. We were already nervous, but when that work thing came up, it was like, I guess this is it. Like nail in the coffin, you know? Yeah. Goodbye. A couple of thousand dollars. Well, we got most of it back, but you know, it's still it hurts. next week was when we were going to be leaving. Oh. Um, so like less than a week from now, I would have been in Seattle having fun. Yeah. Um, doing something different, doing something like a change of scenery. These four walls sometimes yeah. get really and, old and legitimately living life. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've learned from this, at least, is that I I put a lot of value on experience 
and living my life. Like genuinely not just existing, but living my life. I want to travel all over the country, all over the world. I want to eat food that I've never had before, whether it's good or it's bad or it smells mm-hmm. great or it's terrible. I want to try it. Um, I really want to put a priority on like making time to go camping and making time to uh, just do stuff like more art classes, more cooking classes, more like expansion of like who I am as a person because I'm not just a worker bee. Yeah. And see, that's another thing like, in the before times, <laughs> you know, like my mental illness would, um, would hinder me going out and doing things, you know, like, um, you know, like for example, I don't know, like going to a painting or a pottery class or something and like, Oh, that sounds like a good idea, but I don't feel like doing it right now. Maybe someday I'll feel good enough to go and do it. And now, yeah, there is to do it. I know there have been so many times I wanted you to come up and see me and you like you couldn't you couldn't do it. And now we can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because it's like putting you at risk, putting us at risk. You know, it's just your family at risk. Yeah. Putting my family at risk. It's like all those times that I could have just come up and I, you know. Could have seen each other, spent more time together. Yeah. Because I think more than anything, I've realized how valuable relationships are yeah so how much I, yeah time, you know just just time in general yeah time is the only resource that we can't get back and exactly. it's become so much more important to me especially i'm in my 30s now and it all went by very quickly i missed my 20s i truly missed my 20s because they um really just flew by. I was so focused on having a good stable job and a good income and having the house and trying to have the kids and the whole American dream version of my life. So I, I didn't live my life. I I didn't even like, um, uh, when I was in college, I didn't go to college parties. I didn't do things. You know what I did? I worked two jobs, (laughs) you know, um, and, uh, did, the best I could, which I ended up dropping out. So it, it was something. <laughs> you have always worked so hard and given yourself, like given your entire self to your jobs. Yeah. And jobs being the uh, very important part of that, because for the last, I don't know, five years or so, I've always had multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. Because I um, I once didn't have a job for a few a, a brief period of time. It wasn't even that long, if we're being honest. I don't think I've ever been unemployed for more than like two months. But I didn't have a job. I had to rely on my partner to assist me with bills. And I was really struggling. And so I was like, okay. So now I always have to have multiple jobs. Because if I don't have a job, like if something happens to that job, I have something else. And it's fine. And I'll be okay. So I've done that. I've ran a business. I've worked a full-time job. And I usually had a part-time job in addition to all of that for years. So me stepping away from it recently was a huge, ooh, it was scary because I had to face that part of my shadow that was like latching on to the need for stability, 
when it comes to financial and it's also like house stability because if I couldn't afford to pay my mortgage, they'll eventually take the house away. Yeah. The American dream, baby. <laughs> yeah. And now, now my dream more than anything is like, I want like a tiny house on a couple acres of land so I can grow food. And when I say like, I make enough money to survive and it's not a huge deal, you know? Oh, I know. That actually sounds really awesome. <laughs> I know. Like I just get to read a book in the afternoon and tend to my uh, crops. And then I, I don't put a focus on work. I put a focus on like living. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And I'm working really hard to get to that point. And I, I don't think I, it has to come from something passive. I think um, for me, because I don't want to work. And I'm being honest. I don't, I don't want to work anymore. I don't blame you. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. If, if I, I don't, I don't think I would mind working a few hours a week if I'm being honest, but I don't want to work 40 hours a week anymore ever again. I'm very fortunate to be in a position where I don't have to because I, I have a part-time job that pays well enough that 20 hours a week is equal to 40 hours a week from what I used to Yes, do. that is really awesome. And it's afforded me the luxury of being able to take a three-month break from taking client projects because at this time, I don't have three jobs. I have the one part-time job and a podcast that doesn't pay anything. And that's fine. Well, you definitely need more you time. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm, really do. You I'm are currently on running yourself two. into the ground. <laughs> yeah. I'm currently on week two of this journey, which by the time this podcast is out, it's probably like week one, like month one. Um, but I'm currently on week two. Week one, I watched 24 hours of TikTok. Nice. Because I had no idea what to do with myself. Because I don't know what I like anymore. I don't. I don't. I like, I, I like art, I guess. And I like to read, I guess. But, and I like to play video games. But yeah. I just don't know, like, what I like. And so I'm, like, having to rediscover that. But whenever I realized I did 24 hours of TikTok in one week, I um, set a limit on my phone. I can't do more than 30 minutes of TikTok a day. Or my phone, like, shames me. Like, I can choose to do longer, but I can only do 15-minute increments, and then, um, like, it blacks it out, and then I have to opt to do 15 more minutes. But I think that it's going to, it's going to be a whole journey of, like, new discovery for myself. And I'm, I'm wondering, because right now I don't feel like I have a lot of shadow stuff that I need to be working on presently, but I'm wondering what comes up the more time that I have to figure out, like, who is Megan? Yeah, and I think that's very important for you to um, to do is to rediscover yourself and your interests because, like, life is short, man. You know, and it's not worth slaving away all those you know hours. And you deserve to have time to yourself and do things that you want to do. I just I feel guilty, but at the same time, it's also very important to have that time for yourself. Yes. Having time for yourself is really important. And I would imagine for you particularly, it's challenging um, because you're working full time to support your family and you have your child and your partner and no space that's really your own. No, none, none, yeah. none. Um, you used to have your walks, 
um, yeah. that were your own. But yeah. I think I think that's something that you lost. It, Do you it want is. to go back to it? You think? Like I mean, I've tried. You know, I still try to walk every so often, but they're short. Um, they're not as immersive as I used to be. Like because used to growing up. Um, I would take these long, long walks. Like I would spend most of the day outside just walking around, listening to music and just losing myself in my own little world. And that was very therapeutic for me. And growing up, I've lost that. And um, not, and that was a big factor in just my overall health. And yeah, uh, it really was. I remember growing up, I would call you and like 90% of the time you were out for a walk. Or jumping on the trampoline. Or jumping on the trampoline. Oh, I want a trampoline so badly. <laughs> I do too. I do too. But unfortunately, I live in a, in a place where, yeah. yeah, I can't have anything yeah. like that now. And I think that would be great because John has a little mini um, trampoline. Mm-hmm. I have so, a little mini trampoline too, but I can't do much on it because I'm no. a, a sizable woman. Yes, me too. So there, you know, like, but John has one and he really enjoys it. So like... I could just imagine what he would do if he had like a full size trampoline. And you know, I'm very I'm very fortunate to have had that experience growing up. Um but you know, like those were the things that I did have cuz I never really realized it, but I've always been kind of like I I mean, I would I, I'm not going to say that I was a private person. Because, like, I'm kind of like an open book. You ask me anything, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, you're an open book. I don't think you're a, a private person. I think that you're a person that values the um, importance of solitude. Yes. And yes. moments of silence and peace. And I think yes. that that probably has a lot to do with, like, childhood trauma and yes. all of that stuff. Um, because you, you did have a, a family that provided some stimulation to your psyche that you needed to disconnect from. I'm, I'm trying to say it the nicest way possible. <laughs> yes, I did. And um, I don't know, you know, like that's another thing about getting older, you know, and, you know, you just kind of lose sense of, of your coping, you know, your coping mechanisms change. And, um, but these days, you know, like I said, like I'll try to walk every so often. I do it mainly now though for my health and not, for the peace that I once got from it. Um, so that, that whole aspect has changed a whole lot because of that. And, uh, so, you know, like I do it out of a necessity, not because of, I want to do it, you know, and I'm looking for peace because, you know, like me time just doesn't happen at all. Like, and that going back to the before time, you know, like I've kept the same job. I'm going on in my 10th year at where I work. It's an office job. Um, I don't mind being an office rat. You know that. Um, my thing is where I worked, nobody bothered me. And, and like, I can easily put on my headphones and listen to podcasts and music and get lost in my own little world. And me going to work, going on site, that was like. That was like your, your moment of solitude. Like that's where you got to kind of recapture that, that isolation that you have so much like value in and it's like there's this beautiful silence and stillness that's not for anyone but yourself yes and and it's like I love that you know and now that I'm in this current 
you know, time of, you know, we're still in a pandemic. I'm working from home now. And that has been a struggle, not only with just myself, but, you know, with my job, because it's like, I'm at home. I don't have that solitude anymore. I have distractions and I have a child that needs me and I have a husband that needs me because, you know, he went through some some health health issues. And I mean, things just are not the way that they used to be. And it's like trying to adapt to this whole new normal and um, trying to trying to find myself again or trying to find that solitude again has been extremely difficult. I really want to challenge you to maybe try to find those moments of solitude that you used to have, because I think that it would really help you with connecting to yourself again. Like feeling like a whole person mm-hmm. and feeling like a, a person that actually is a person and not just a mom or the responsible party. Because that, that sense of identity for you is not great for your mental health. And I think that it's important that you like value being a mom and a partner and, and are super proud of yourself for everything that you do because it is hard work, especially with mental health issues. But I think maybe challenge yourself to have like an hour a week to start something small, you know? Yeah. Like uh, just one yeah, hour a week, I-, I can go for a walk. One hour a week, I can close the door and no one opens it and I can have me time. <sighs> that would be so nice. <laughs> right? And I think that's a very reasonable request for you to, to have for your partner is that one hour a week that is Kylie time. Like Thursdays at 8 p.m. is mom time. Yeah. As in like not and, mom time, but like Kylie time. No, not mom time, Kylie yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. No, I knew what you were saying. <laughs> um, I think another thing about that is also like where I do work, you know, like I work a full 40 and then like I have a lot of guilt and it's like I work full 40 And like, if I do try to make time for myself away from my child specifically, I feel like that's even more time away from him that I need to give him. And that there's a lot of guilt there. And, and I know there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with it, but as a woman, you have it like your whole life, especially with where we both grew up, it was a very traditional area Mm -hmm. and the woman was the primary caretaker of the child and the paternal figure did not have to be involved in any way he said here's a paycheck and i'm gonna go watch the game and play outside on my four-wheeler or whatever it is i want to do and you can uh (laughs) fuck off Uh, the woman had no rights in fact i think that's probably still the case for a lot of the relationships in that area because they are stuck in the 1940s Yes, actually, um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I know that, that I know you it immediately some uh something popped in my head. Some people, when, yeah, some people popped yeah. in my head when you said that, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but that's okay because you can you can try to work with yourself and the paradigm because that that guilt's not going to go away. But no. I think that if you like kind of rewire it and reframe it to, you're not taking time away from your child. What you're really doing is taking time to recharge so you can be more present with your child. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. And that that really applies to any moms that are listening to this. Yeah. It is not selfish to need time to recharge. 
because you can't be the best parent that you can be and you can't be present with your child if you barely exist at all. Yes. And that's what I was trying to get to was like, um, and I think I couldn't word it that way. Like, um, it's normal to feel completely guilty if you're not giving the time that you think your child, you know, needs as long, you know, as long as their needs are met, like he can have, you know, they can have, uh, their time too, you know, like whatever. Um, just, it is important to focus on yourself. Um, because in the midst of it all, you know, it's just, yeah. you lose yourself. You, and, and that is so bad for your mental health. You have to know who you are as a person. And don't, it's not, it doesn't feel nice to go through life as a corpse, a walking corpse. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're an NPC in a video game yeah. and you just have like, I like, um, can I help you find this or can I guide you on your mission? And you don't actually have any role in your own life anymore when mm-hmm. you have a child. It's like you stop being Kylie and you start being mom. Yep. And on top of that, you're also mom and breadwinner. Yes. So you you have no, like, relief from that at any point. And that's why I really want to challenge you to start with, like, one hour, one hour a week. Um, and it could be a walk or it could be, like, time for yourself in your room or the office or wherever you feel comfortable. And like, and for that one hour, no one can open the door. No one can (laughs) yell for you. No one can text you. Um, and, and I like anyone else that's listening to this, if you're feeling that same thing, like you don't know how disconnected you are from yourself until you give yourself time to like sit with yourself. And I don't even have kids. And, but because I was working so much, I stopped being a person. Like, I'm a person, obviously, and I had, like, a personality and opinions and values and things like that, but I didn't know – it was like I was a, an NPC in my own life, you know? Like, did did you, like, do basic grooming? Are you, like, okay? Have you eaten in the last 24 hours? <laughs> Have you had any water? And that was about where, like, the end of it – like, that was where I stopped caring. And it wasn't like, are you enjoying your life or are you enriched or are you – really feeding your soul or nourishing like yourself. And it's similar to like, I, it's not anything like being a mom. I'm not going to compare it to being a mom, but I am saying that I, I had lost that sense of self and I'm having to learn it again. And if you are doing this too, and you have no idea who you are and what you like, because the last time that you were a person was 10 years ago, <laughs> um, that's totally fine. Like don't be mad at yourself because you don't know what you like anymore. Um, try like things that you used to like, obviously. Um, but it'd be okay with the fact if you have grown as a person and you no longer find joy in that thing. Yeah. If you have interest in like, if you think diamond painting sounds cool, you know, get you, you know, get you a diamond painting set. They're not even that expensive. No. Um, And like my, my mother-in-law is super into diamond painting and it, it seems fun. Actually, she got us one for Christmas and I never did it. I bet it's in like a closet. That would probably be a fun project. That I just didn't pull it out because the cats, I have cats and they get very involved in anything that involves things that I really don't want them to mess with. Yes. Puzzles, board games, (laughs) whatever. They're like, Ooh, things that we don't see often. I'm going to bat it off the table. Good luck finding it. Cats and toddlers are pretty much the same creature. I'm convinced I have both. So yeah. yeah. But um, 
try out things that you're interested in. You can kind of look at your social media and like, am I following a lot of people who are artists? Am I following like what ads am I getting? Am I getting a lot of ads for the diamond painting thing? Am I getting a lot of ads for um, like cooking subscription boxes or I don't know. My ads are mostly art stuff and um, random things. Like it gets confused about who I am as a person speaking of social media sorry to interrupt but like make sure that you're not following people or things that drain you of your energy yes 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 so um that's a whole other topic but we're going to get into it because social media and mental health (laughs) goes side by side um so when you look at your social media is everything like when you're do you find yourself like comparing yourself to every single person and like getting down on yourself because you like aren't perfect or you're not like as good of a mom as this person. Do you see all those like beautiful pictures of them together and all of those things they did? Because everyone just captures like the best versions of themselves. And then oh yeah. On the internet. Yeah. Um, I'm bad for that. Honestly. Like, cause yeah. I mean, like I said, like I'm, I'm an, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book, you know, you can ask me anything, I'll answer it. And I try to be open online, but there's a lot of the times where I just don't share anything or I try to focus more on a more positive like, hey, things aren't great right now, but they're also not as terrible as they actually probably like they are. they could have been. Or that they could have been, yeah. or maybe I'm just ignoring it and shoveling it deep down. And um, But yeah, you know, like here's a happy family picture, or here's a picture of a cat, you know, like whatever. Or a happy memory. You're, you're really good about, like, the happy memories. Yes. Um, but look at your social media and kind of evaluate as you're scrolling, how many of these things make you feel bad about who you are? And if it is something that like you're either drawn to because it's really upsetting to you or you're drawn to because you're like getting that good, I mean, don't lie to yourself. There's something inside of you that kind of likes that, like that pain that comes with like, I'm a piece of shit. Um, some, the same way, like if you're having a a fight with your partner, it sucks, but there's also that like little piece of your brain that's like, Ooh, conflict, conflict. Mm, Nom, 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 nom. And the same thing goes for, like, putting yourself down um, because you get, like, a it's not dopamine, but there's, like, a rush because, oh, it's because you're not feeling anything and it makes you feel something. Yes, that is the best way to explain it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but be mindful of it. And then if you find that there's a lot of content on your feed that's like that, either, like, take the step, just unfollow it or remove that person or whatever, and then replace it with things that actually make you happy. Um, so accounts that post a lot of like nature pictures or people who are also equally flawed and that are actually like honest about it. I don't use social media really. Um, but I do use TikTok and I don't post to it all the time, but when I do post to it, I do try to genuinely be like honest about it. Like I'm having a really hard day. If you're also having a really hard day, know that you're not alone in having a hard day and we're going to get through this together. Yes. Um, And I try, like, because if I'm going to have any sort of social media presence, I want to make sure that I'm being in integrity and I'm being honest. I'm not just saying, like, yeah, like, I'm not just saying, like, oh, I I did this really awesome thing and I'm the best person ever and I'm the world's best designer and the world's best developer and I'm the best reader and all of this stuff. And, like, nothing's wrong with my life. No, there's so many things wrong with my life. And you guys know from all of the episodes where I'm always the sounding word that's like, Hey, if you feel like you're a piece of shit, that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and the same goes for this. If 
Like if you found yourself in that trap of social media where everything on there makes you feel negative in some form or fashion, we have all been there. We probably are all still there in some way or another. Like my biggest issue with social media is having to tiptoe around people because I'm an avid Facebook user and uh, Facebook. And it, I know it is like uh, an infection, but uh, I, I do use it a lot. I have kept up with my son's memories on there. Um, but my biggest thing is, you know, where I live and, who my family are and just the overall general, um, the, the, the public that I yeah, deal with. You, you have to censor yourself a lot and you have to yeah. be mindful of like what you post because you have so many family members that are paying attention to what you're saying yeah. and are very eager to say something about it. They really are. I, Oh my goodness. Like it's okay for them to post whatever they want to post. But the moment that I try to post something, it becomes this big issue and yeah. so if they're like i love jesus and uh gays are bad uh, that's totally fine for them to have that opinion it's valid and it's true for them but then when you say like gays have rights and yeah. uh, it's okay to be an atheist or have an alternative like spirituality they, they freak out their mind they yeah. and, and and i get uninvited to a few years of thanksgivings because of that so um yeah, I have a similar family, but I have disconnected myself from almost all of them. Yeah. Like, I'm, I've, I really think that it's probably what I need to do. Um, but that but there's is a big difference. Like, I think the biggest difference is I moved away. Yeah. See, that I'm, made it a lot easier, I yeah. think. <laughs> I, I moved away at 17 and never came back. You got yeah. the hell out, man. <laughs> you, you never left, really. And so it's. No. it's it's like they're, 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 they are your only support system, even though if they're not good support, it's better than like, like having damaged legs sometimes is better than having no legs. Exactly. Uh, that's but, how it is, honestly, because yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of times where said family has helped me out of a bond before. And, um, because I just don't have anyone else to ask and, um, or I don't feel comfortable asking rather, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, like I said, you know, yeah, being like, I totally get that. Being like the only breadwinner of the house, um, mm-hmm. you know, and if it, things come up, sometimes you need help, and uh, there's nothing you can do about that. And um, because nope. you are a human being with basic needs, and we live in a society where if you don't have money, you're screwed. Exactly. And so I say that that happens a lot with people, you know, like they've got ties to people in their lives and their families that are toxic and um, just can be very bad for their overall mental health. And that is something that you have to kind of figure out on your own how to deal with. Um, Like, like my thing is I'll pull away from them for a while and maybe send some funny memes that is just a generalized thing and not like, I don't send them stuff that will get them infuriated and I don't post that that will get them infuriated but like I know like when I stepped out of my religion a few years ago, I wanted to cope. One of my reason one of my ways of coping was I was wanting to post about how much I detested said religion and um and how and I don't know, like funny stuff, like 
sharing funny memes about it. It was just a way of coping. Yeah, and for a lot of people, humor is like a way to release that trauma. Yeah, and then like when it happened, I got uninvited to Thanksgivings. People deleted me and blocked me. And then there was people that I didn't think that were paying attention actually were. And um, it caused a big rift. And you have to, I've learned that um, you've got to find alternative ways. Like, because to me, that was a way of coping, but I had to find alternative ways to deal with that. Yeah. um, So for anyone listening, if you're in a similar situation with your family um, and you want to disconnect, if you can disconnect, I highly encourage you to do it because you do not owe them anything. You are not responsible for the way that they feel. You are not responsible for their emotions about things and you only are responsible for yourself. But also I live in the reality and I completely understand that you might not have another support system at all and you really need the support. And it's okay to admit hey, I'm a flawed human being and I'm doing my best. I'm really doing my best, but I need help. And these people that are helping me aren't the best people in the world. But you have to like in that situation, if you are keeping them in your life, you have to really guard yourself and be mindful of that toll that it's taking on you. So if you need a break, take a break. If you um, need to avoid a topic, Avoid the topic, but for everything that you like are holding back from yourself, maybe make sure that you have someone else to share it with so you're not like completely isolating yourself. So finding that community of people who you actually can be your authentic self with is even more important than ever. Yes, it is. You have to find an alternate outlet. Like um, for me, I think I said earlier, uh, you know, journaling has always been a way to get a lot of thoughts straightened out in my head. Um, so, you know, like that's something that I've been trying to work on more lately is to disconnect from myself in general um, and just kind of focus uh, on my thoughts and trying to get them out. Um, yeah. And no better, I mean, a journal doesn't judge you. <laughs> the only way that it's going to get judged is if it's found after, I don't know, like I choked to death on a burrito and a Kroger and, you know, yeah. people are going through my things. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not too worried about that. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, who cares if they have opinions if you've passed away? You know? I definitely won't care after that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Kind of speaking about passing away, I don't know why I want to talk about this, but apparently I want to. Um, An event that occurred for both of us that has had like a sweeping impact on my life is when we had a classmate in high school pass away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the specific classmate, I wasn't close to them and I never pretended to be close to them. Um, But when this particular person passed away, prior to their death, they were bullied, heavily bullied. Um, and they were not popular, they were not liked, they were either ignored or put down. And then when this person passed away, every single person in my high school was best friends with them. Yeah. And or had a story. Yeah, or had a story or um, their favorite band was suddenly everyone's favorite band and everything was in remembrance of this person and it was so artificial and fake. And because of that moment, that was like one of those like um, core memories like it from Inside Out. Um, it was one of those core foundational moments for me where it was, it became really important to me that when I pass away, people don't pretend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
don't pretend that I was your best friend. Don't pretend that I had a big impact. If we were not close, then don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You are my best friend, though. You are my best friend. <laughs> um, I would care very deeply if you choked on a burrito in a Walmart parking lot. Um, Kroger. Show. Oh, Kroger. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but I, I do, however, on the other side of that, really wish that when I passed away that people did have fond memories of me. Um, I, I do genuinely want people to be like, she was really kind and she helped me out and she saw me for who I was and she inspired me to be myself authentically because she was never afraid to be weird. Um, I mean, that's what I want to be remembered for is just being authentic And like, yeah, you know, like I do have issues with people, you know, coming at me over having uh, certain opinions that I do. But at the same time, I also want to be perceived as uh, someone who still tried to live as authentic as they possibly could, um, despite that. And uh, yeah, and you're I mean, everyone listening to this, you're like, if you're doing the best that you can, give yourself a break. Your best doesn't have to look amazing. Your best doesn't have to look great. Your best doesn't have to be anything that isn't authentically you. Um, And it's okay to look at your situation and say, okay, I'm in a really bad depressive episode. I'm struggling in a lot of ways. I'm not feeling like a good parent or a good partner. And I'm not taking very good care of myself. What is the best that I can do? And if you can authentically say to yourself, the best that I can do right now is change my pants throw a little dry shampoo in my hair and get a glass of water. Hell yeah. Good job. That's okay. Yes. And like, don't beat yourself up about it because I think a lot of the times when you like add guilt and shame to your already bad episode, it makes it so much worse because then on top of like, Oh, I'm a piece of shit. Then you're like, Oh, I'm really bad. Um, I can't even get a glass of water or two glasses of water. Cause you could get the one, <laughs> you know, I have added uh, brushing my hair <laughs> as the one thing that I have to do every day uh, now because when I get really, really bad off, I don't brush my hair. I have long, thick hair, and if I don't brush it, it gets out of control to the point where I am pretty much have to hack it off. Yeah. And um, so when I'm feeling bad, I at least try to make sure that my hair is brushed. Yeah, that's, that's a really good, like, small step that you can take is kind of like an act of self-care. And for you, it might be brushing your hair. For someone else, it might be, like, washing their face. Or it might be, like, just not looking at their phone for a little yes. while or something. Yes. Um, but your best doesn't have to be amazing. Your best doesn't, like, don't put a value judgment on it. Um, just kind of find mm-hmm. systems that work with yourself. Like, if you know um, every single um February you were really depressed yes um and like you know for a fact that every single year because of like events that have happened or whatever that's not a good month for you um don't schedule anything where you have to have an expectation where you're the best version of yourself um don't and if you do have something scheduled where you like you need to be at your a game don't beat yourself up for not being the perfect version of yourself whenever you know for a fact that this is a limit that you have you know Mm -hmm. um like accept it. Like it doesn't have to be good or bad. It can be neutral. And there's so much power in neutrality. Like it just, it just is. You know. Yes. Sometimes it just is. 
just got to take it one day at a time, one yes. step at a time. Brush your teeth, brush your hair. Yeah. Put on some clean pants. Put on some clean pants. Stretchies. They can be leggings. I'm wearing leggings. I was wearing uh, flannel pajama bottoms earlier, but um, they're really thick and hot. And I'm a big woman and <laughs> and uh, it's muggy and it's stormy outside, believe yeah. it or not. Uh, and so I had to change into some leggings and um, they're clean at least. So <laughs> yeah, good job. Good job. And I'm not saying like that you shouldn't expect yourself to improve or get better or anything like that. Um, but I am saying that you have to sometimes like accept the fact that your progress might be a little bit slower. Your progress is going to look different than someone else's and everything that you do is not going to be the same. Like it's not going to look the same as someone else's. And if you can only address like things one step at a time and really small, like fragments or portions or whatever, that's fine. Just take it one step at a time. And, and honestly, <laughs> Honestly, I don't think that if you suffer from a serious mental illness or you have some severe trauma in your life, I don't think you'll ever, ever, ever will heal from it, honestly. But I think the way that you can view it and use it, yeah. uh, like I know it, it will get better. Yeah, it, it will get better. And I, I do want to kind of disagree. I think that you can heal from it. Um, oh, as yeah. like, like you can heal like your the way that you handle it you can heal how yes. it impacts you but yes. there it, there are certain events that occur in your life there are certain things that are going to always be like a, a shadow yes so it's kind of like um like an imprint on you yes and that's more what i meant like it's just yeah it's always it's, i don't want people to think like oh you're never going to heal from that no no no, no 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 yeah thank you for like clearing that up but like um no, it's always going to be there, you know, but you can definitely like if you've been through a traumatic event, um, work, you know, like you, you, you take your own process to deal with it and heal, you know, like to heal yourself from it. But also like if you have the strength to do it, you know, like use your experience to help someone else if you can, you know. Yeah, um, because a lot of times people feel really alone and like no one else yes. feels the way they feel and it can be really isolating. And if you're just willing to be open and honest about your process and how challenging it was, um, it's kind of like, like say you have trauma, right? Um, about a specific event and you're trying, it's like how you, it's like you have like a little guy that hangs out behind you, right? Mm -hmm. And you can either look at this guy and then have a panic attack nonstop and um, never like want to really deal with it. And he just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Or you can kind of like develop a relationship with it where you accept the guy and you like figure out like, okay, you can hang out over there. And if I'm like taking a shower, you have to hang out somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And um, you set boundaries and you kind of learn to work with him. And then he gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And he might not ever go away. But, you know, instead of like being upset with him or mad at him and trying to like force a situation, you could be like, okay, well, now he's just hanging out on the side of your like cup of tea and you're laughing together. And sometimes he stabs you with like a little needle, um, but then he apologizes, you know? <laughs> that makes me think of Chucky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I don't know why. I've been, I've been on a Chucky kick. <laughs> it is the time of year. When we're recording this, it's October. And uh, before we go, I do want to address October. That is my favorite month of the year. It's like the, the month of the year where I feel like I am myself, like the most myself. I get to be my spooky bitch self. 
Yes. I get to enjoy autumn and stuff. And this October has sucked. Yes. Dude, yes. Oh, my God. It really upsets me because, like. Yeah. I feel like it's already gone. It is. And, like, oh, my God. Like, I've, you know, that's, you know, maybe I have this thing where I disconnect mentally for so long that when, like, I wake up and it's like a completely different season. And, um, like I've had high expectations to go out this year and drive around and take pictures of the leaves or go hang out in a cemetery and get some spooky pictures or whatever, but I've not been able to do any of that. And, um, yeah, it has sucked. It has sucked a lot for me too. Yes. And it really um, bumps me out. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of like, I'm not in a current, like a uh, funk or depressive episode, knock on wood. Um, but it has made me really kind of feel like I'm like cheated almost yes. because it's not cold. It's not crisp and cool. The leaves aren't really doing anything. Um, I haven't even want to do like the pumpkin spice thing. I did like one day where I did the pumpkin spice thing. And then I was like, it's not right. Like it's not, it doesn't feel right. And I, we were, we've for months had plans of like, Every night we're going to watch a, a Halloween movie or a spooky show and we're only going to read spooky books and we're really embracing Halloween and none of that's happened. And I just feel cheated because I have to wait a whole year to have this experience again. And last October sucked, this October sucked. And I swear to God, if next October sucks, I'm going to make every month October until I feel good. <laughs> yeah. It's not November anymore. It's October too. Return of the October. October. It's like the return of October, return of the uh, of Michael Myers. Yeah. October oh. 2, return of the spice. Yes. There you go. <laughs> October yeah. 3, we're really doing it this time. October <laughs> 4, it's snowing, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, a little snow. Like you have like a little skeleton outside on your porch and it's just like got snow all over it and the neighbors tried to put like a santa claus hat on it or whatever and then i just put like fake blood on it <laughs> yeah you just like just toss some fake blood yeah we but, have been actively trying to watch uh old horror I, I at least i have i've been yeah. trying to watch that to at least kind of give me That's a kind little of like your cozy bit. space it is because you yeah. know you know how I was. I grew up watching. Yeah, that's, that's what we grew up on, and um, so for you, because you have um, you are deeply rooted in the past, and that sometimes is beautiful and wonderful, and sometimes one of your biggest detriments. And I'm going to say, it, I'm going to call you out on it. You're a little too stuck in the past. I love you very much. That is one thing you need to work on. Oh, um, yeah. and I think you know that you're you're aware of it, but yeah. I know how much comfort you get yes from like kind of like recapturing those little moments yes and it's hard sometimes you know it's so hard like sometimes it does work but sometimes like most times and not it doesn't work and it's like trying to find new warm and fuzzies (laughs) you need to find new warm and fuzzies and uh, you need to find like new new things so you can like so what the what the heck is a 40 year old kylie going to look back on and have warm fuzzies about oh lord have you thought about that you're not making memories for new kylie no i'm not actually and it's actually um another thing about mental illness is uh your brain you know you forget things 
Like I forget, I used to pride myself in how much I could remember, especially since I would document it all the time growing up. But um, I do good just to remember what I did this morning. And, yes. you know, and all this, uh, this stuff is just going too fast, too fast. And I don't have anything significant to, to show, yeah, you know, what I've done over the last five years. I feel the same way. Like my partner and I don't take pictures of each other or our stuff because it always feels like this isn't like a memory worth capturing, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. cool. We made dinner again. And like a lot of people love to like post food pictures, you know, like I made this really cool thing. Well, guess what? Almost every fucking night I make a cool thing. It's not a big deal for me. Like, so what yeah. if I made like a poke bowl or uh, some sort of fancy wrap or I've like made handmade pasta. It's not like weird for me to make handmade pasta. So I don't really capture it. No, because you're an amazing cook. I am an amazing cook. That like, that is one thing I will toot my horn on. Um, and I kind of like, I've recently, not recently for the last while, like I infuse intention into it. So it's also kind of like a magic for me. Um, but I, uh, I, I just, I need to change the way I, I look at that. And I know that's something I need to work on because uh, I don't remember so much of the stuff from my life. Like I don't remember so much stuff from my twenties because I was just working and yes. I didn't capture it. It all flew away. I think from each year, I'm probably had like a picture of my Christmas tree, some pictures of my cats, uh, a whole bunch of really bad pictures of me that I send to you. <laughs> and I'm the only person I like send selfies to. But I, like, if we haven't talked in a few days, sometimes I'll just send you like a like I'm I'm really enhancing my double chin and yeah. like making <laughs> a fun face. Um, and it's almost like I, like the worst I look, the better, like the more amusing it is to me. Yes. But then when I look back at my phone, do you know what I have? Some cat pictures and uh, a whole bunch of pictures of me like making the worst possible face. <laughs> and that's what I have to remember the year by. And that's what I'm going to tell my son. This is Aunt Megan. Yeah. If, if someone, <laughs> like if I were to go missing and everybody was like, um, like, do you have a recent picture of Megan? I'm going to use the most recent one where you yeah. it's like, I don't know. And it's got the worst filter on it. Cause we, we really like to use like the, the dumb filters. So yes. like if it's like a, like a cat's like hanging out over your head or you like, it turns you into a clown or, or whatever. Um, it makes my mouth really big and my eyes really small. Those are yeah. the more fun ones. John uh, absolutely loses his mind when he sees me. Like he'll try to pull my face away to make sure that I'm still normal, and he just like looks at the phone like, "What is going on?" <laughs> yeah. The only other, I guess, uh, like thing that I have that captures my life, I guess, now is the podcast. So I can definitely go back and listen to episodes and see my journey mm -hmm. because I've always been really candid and open about it. And then, um, in addition to sending you really bad selfies. Uh, I also send Lissa uh, videos a lot. So, because um, that's her preferred means of communication is like videos back and forth. So, I, I do have some videos of me yeah. responding to her. I have been doing that a lot too with certain people. And, and why are you I, doing it with me? Um, I do sometimes. You do sometimes. You never do it with me. I'm jealous. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Because I'm not I, doing it with you much either. I do it sometimes with you. I actually, I've noticed, and it's so funny because, like, I have always hated the way that I look on camera. 
and I've always hated my voice. Absolutely hate my voice. Are you going to be able to listen to this? Yes. I'm okay. definitely going to listen to it. Um, I may not like it, but, uh, you know, but I'll listen to it. I, but I like, will. Go ahead. Say you say your thing. Okay. I'm being rude. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Um, but, like, I've noticed that I've been doing, like, because people will send me these paragraphs or they'll trigger something and I'll be like, Oh, I got to tell you about this. And instead of typing it out because I hate texting on my phone, I will just turn on the camera and send them video after yeah. video of me just like explaining something. And I'm like, Hmm, I don't know if I really want that as a, as part of my legacy, if they decide to keep that, but whatever. Oh, did I remind you that that yeah. exists now? Um, so <laughs> I will say I, I also was team. I hate my face. I hate my voice. I never want to perceive myself. Um, and the podcast has been a huge help for that because um, whenever I'm recording it, I'm honestly like I'm, I'm generally aware of the fact that I'm doing a podcast, but I'm usually really into the conversation and I don't really pay attention to what I'm saying or what I'm doing. That sounds really bad, but you know what I mean? Like I get lost in the moment. So yes. then when I'm editing it, it doesn't really bother me because I'm like getting to experience this moment all over again. Yeah. And it's sometimes like I, I listen back to it because maybe I'm like kind of like giving you some really good advice or whatever. And then I'm listening to it. And I'm like, you are like really smart podcast, Megan. <laughs> you know, like, like this podcast, Megan is a really cool person. And um, real Megan sometimes is a little mean. <laughs> no, that's not entirely true. I, I, I do want to address that because I used to be really, really, really mean to myself. Um, like almost every single thought that I had about myself was if I talk to anyone else like that, I'm pretty sure I would get stabbed <laughs> immediately. You know? um, and so I, I think it was like three years ago. I don't know where I heard the concept from. Probably somewhere on the internet. I mean, that makes sense because everything comes from the internet now, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, someone suggested that every time you say something bad about yourself, you say a nice thing. So I took that to the extreme. And anytime I said something bad, I said two nice things. Like I had to really force myself to like, you have to come up with a thing and then another thing, you know? And so I did that. I mean, I wasn't perfect at it, but I was really mindful of it. And it kind of subsided a lot, you know? Yeah. So I'm not perfect about it. I definitely still have times where I look at myself and I'm like, oh boy, you could be a better person, <laughs> you know? But in general, like I don't sit there all day long and think about how terrible I am anymore. And it's helped me like accept myself a lot more. Because I can ask myself, like, am I genuinely doing the best that I can do in this moment? And if the answer is yes, end of conversation, brain, you know? Um, and then especially with my appearance, because I've always been really, really unhappy with my appearance. Um, Same. And I, I'm, not, I'm not unattractive. I'm not, like, model attractive. But I'm not unattractive. Um but I, I really disliked my appearance, um, especially my weight. And it, in fact, it caused me to gain a lot more weight um, because I, I was like, oh, if you're just a fat piece of crap, why not have more McDonald's? Just shove it in. Yes. You know? yes. 
who cares if it's five more pounds if you you know are a heavier person and um a lot of it also i had health issues that i I was unaware of yeah um so I, i had my thyroid removed because it had petrified and I had an autoimmune disease. Um, and I also had a, a nice goiter. And if you're not aware of that, what that is, I wasn't either until it happened. <laughs> um, it's basically like your um, your neck gets a lump right in the front. Um, and uh, it just kept getting bigger. <laughs> and I finally went to the doctor for it. And it, it had to go. It wasn't cancer. Uh, they thought it was cancer because it got big very fast. I did. I sent you pictures of it, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember when all that happened. Um, but I uh, that also contributed to it. But my mental health also was a big factor, and the way I talked to myself was a, was a big factor. And I'm still a bigger person, but I actually have been able to lose some weight. Um, and a lot of that was just kind of like being kinder to myself, not really changing anything. I've definitely had lifestyle changes, but when you're mean to yourself all the time, you kind of like just hold on to it and then you're mean to yourself. And then sometimes the way you punish yourself yes. is by uh, eating everything in sight. That's how I always did it to, you know, like, yeah, I'll be, I'll, you know, just like you'll be like, oh, what's five more pounds, but that, yeah. that adds up. <laughs> it really does. And um, before you know it, it, in my, in my position, in my situation, um, those five pounds just kept adding and adding and adding to the point where um, I can't even cuddle like a normal person anymore. Yeah, and that that does a number on your mental health. Yeah. Um, but for me, another big factor because I'm just I'm just gonna go there was diets. Yeah. Fucking diets. Because every that. time, every time I was like, okay, Monday I'm going to start this new diet. I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to do this thing. And then I would say, okay, it's Sunday. I'm getting ready to lose all of the things. So I better enjoy all of them. And then I would get a few days into the new diet. I would fail. And then I would have to do it all over again. So I would binge eat again in preparation for starting this new thing. So I finally, um, the biggest change for me was I stopped preventing myself from enjoying things. So, um, and I'm not perfect about it, but I don't binge eat anymore. Like, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I had, like, a good binge, you know? Um, but I stopped, like, saying I can't have it. So if I'm being – and, like, I'm being more mindful. Like, I've, I've been trying to treat food as fuel. So um, if I'm doing something big, maybe I need more carbs. Or um, if I'm feeling really low and I'm maybe it's okay to have chocolate or ice cream or whatever. But it's about, like, the portion of it. So I can have – three scoops of ice cream, like spoonfuls, not actual scoop scoops, but like, cause I don't have a scoop, but I can have three spoonfuls of ice cream and it's totally fine. I don't have to eat an entire like Ben and Jerry's tub of it and in one sitting, you know? Yeah. And, but by not like putting a value judgment on food. So like desserts aren't more valuable than vegetables or whatever, you know, um, that kind of that, that goblin in my brain, calm down you know yeah yeah um i have lost like 40 pounds since last year and a lot I think of that I'm at about the same about 40 yeah i think a lot of my whole trend i've you know i've been doing the same thing like i've been looking at it as fuel and not so much as pleasure um or like 
if I don't eat this, I'm going to die or I'll never have it again. Like, I don't know. Like, I, it really remember. does feel like that sometimes, though. It does. And um, a lot of that stems from where I uh, lived with my mother mm-hmm. for so long in poverty. And it was um, like a coping mechanism. Like, that was your, like, nugget of joy. That, that yes. Coke or that Pepsi or that candy bar or whatever. It was, like, the only dopamine that you got in that situation. Yes. And it was so rare and it was so special. And then you're like, oh, I can never have that again because I'm doing this new keto diet or I'm doing this other thing. And, um, but when you like take away the power, because it's power that it has over you, you know, mm-hmm. um, that candy bar is not anything special. It might bring me a little extra joy, but it's not like I can never have another candy bar in my life, you know? Yeah. 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 And that, that I've done something very similar and it has, uh, changed, uh, I mean, I still have moments where I eat like a garbage disposal, but oh, definitely um, me too. <laughs> but um, it has gotten a lot better. <laughs> like today, I um, we were we're doing this like not eating out thing, and um, not for like health reasons. For like we we just kind of got a little a little out of hand because we've had a we were coming out of a funk, you know. Um, but today I went out to get us drinks because um, it was going to be a long day for us. And we wanted outside roll drinks. And I was like, I'm going to get White Castle, which no. is not a good food. No. It's not a healthy food. But uh, boy, did it hit the spot. And that's yeah. okay. <laughs> like, I mean, that's another thing I've learned, too, is just not to deny yourself. Like, don't do that. Um, that's just going to make it worse. Yeah. The more you deny yourself a certain food, the like the bigger it gets to you. Like, it's like, because um, it could be like, ooh, fast food. Or, ooh, um, this healthier meal. Um, but if you're like, I can't have the fast food, then it kind of like creeps up and creeps up. And you're like, oh, all I want, all I want, every fiber of my being is that thing that isn't even really that good, but you've like built it up in your head, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, y- you kind of obsess on it. <laughs> a little oh, too yeah. Much. yeah. I definitely obsessed on it. And um, I think that... I saw this on TikTok and I'm just going to steal it and I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> a big indication of my current mental health is the food that I crave though. Yeah. So if I'm like, Ooh, I just want food and it doesn't matter. Or I want like a nice home cooked meal or something. Um, then I'm doing pretty good. If I'm kind of like thinking about eating out, but I'm thinking about eating out somewhere like a, a nice local restaurant or somewhere a little bit nicer. I'm like, I'm fine. Like I'm, Maybe not as great, but fine. And then when I like crave McDonald's, I know when I hit McDonald's point because McDonald's makes me feel bad. Um, as I get older, my tummy can't do it. Um, no, <laughs> when I get no, to that, like, like, that tier of like McDonald's and Taco Bell, when I hit that tier, I'm like, oh, you need to pay attention up here to what's happening, you know? I completely agree. And it's the same way for me too. So, yeah. Um, but I guess, uh, it's, it's at an hour and 20 minutes. We should probably stop. <laughs> oh, I feel like we just like got going, you know? I, know, I know I really enjoyed this. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I, um, I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. I kind of forgot you were there for a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. <laughs> And uh, if you are struggling with any mental health issues, I'm going to say a few things. First and foremost, it's okay. Um, Have grace with yourself. Give yourself space. um, And then kind of try to find the neutrality if you're really struggling with that, like, bad negative side of things. 
And if you're a parent and you lost your identity, try really hard to find like moments that you can be with yourself and try to like reclaim that little sense of identity. If you are currently struggling with anything like mental health wise and it feels too big for you to handle on your own, don't be afraid to ask for help. It can be from friends or family or uh, a therapist. And there's no shame in therapy. In fact, there's so much power in accepting that like help and guidance because you don't know all the answers. Otherwise, you would have fixed it already. And a therapist isn't going to magically fix you, but they can kind of like point out those things similar to like if you were to do a tarot reading or anything else, you're kind of like looking for like someone else to call you out on your shit, things that you can't really mm-hmm. see. And therapy is a similar way. There's no shame in asking for help. No, and if and you're holding on to that, that like, yeah. yeah. If you're holding on to a lot of guilt and shame, stop. Easier said than done. I know. But like, try to introduce like small moments of like releasing small amounts of guilt. So if you're feeling really guilty because you want to take a 20 minute shower, that, that one you can probably let go of, you know? Um, If you're feeling really guilty because you want to, like, go away for a week with friends, like, you're recharging your battery, you know? It's a little bit bigger. Like, it's a different tier than showering for 20 minutes. I'm not saying hold on to it, but I'm, like, trying to give you a comparison so you can kind of look at your own life and be like, okay, I can maybe stop beating myself up because of this thing. And I'm challenging you to release one thing. That's all I'm asking you guys to do. Release one thing. And then see how you feel. And if you're a parent or someone who feels like they've lost their identity, I'm also challenging you to have one hour a week that is just yours. Do you have any advice? Um, As someone who's gone through it? Just don't give up, man. You know, just take it one day at a time, one step at a time. Like, even if it's as small as a step, just take it one step at a time. And then that will turn into one day at a time. And then, you know, um, it'll be weeks and months and, you know, you'll get through it. It's just uh, learning to reprogram. I wouldn't say really reprogram, but learning how to live with yourself, really. Yeah, live with yourself and cope. Um, And if you feel like you can't do it anymore, I am asking you, like, hold on for a little bit longer. Yes. Because uh, I've definitely been there, and it's okay. And if you're looking for a sign for a reason not to go that far, this is today's sign. Yes. Um, I know back when it was really bad for me, I found something as small as waiting for a next last podcast episode to come out. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, you I- have to really find, really find yeah. something out there that can keep you hanging on. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with, like, looking for – it could be really silly. Like, you might have a neighbor and you notice that every time that your neighbor leaves, they're wearing a different hat, and that's, like, what you're living for. That's the whole reason you're living is to see the next hat. That's fine. That's totally cool. (laughs) You know? Um, You're living and at least you're trying. Maybe you have, like, a a remote vacuum. Um, What are those called? Roombas. Roombas, okay. So you have a Roomba. And there's a spot on your floor and you're just waiting. Like you have to hang on until the Roomba finally gets that spot. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, maybe keep putting stuff there so I won't get it. But, you know, that's fine. Find a reason to keep going and take it one small step at a time. 
And then when you feel stronger, two steps at a time and three steps and then like an hour or a day and find those little milestones, like little save points in your life, you know? So thank you guys very much for spending time with us. It was so much fun. Thank you so much, Kylie, for joining us. Thank you for reaching out to me and dragging me in. I really enjoyed this. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Um, And then I hope that, Lissa, when you listen to this, when you get out of your trip, I hope it was a wonderful trip. If you feel called to work with me um, to do a reading or energy clearing, uh, my website is megaruski.com. If you want to work with Lissa, um, who is here with us in spirit, Uh, you can find her at allthingswoo.space if you want to hang out for the after show. Are you going to do an after show with me? What is an after show? So uh, the after show is where Lisa and I hang out on video for our patrons for uh, like five minutes or so and kind of recap the episode. You absolutely have no obligation to do that. I didn't think of it until this moment. Um, but if you want to check out the after show, that's on our Patreon. And also uh, weekly joint readings and whatever other content we want to add. Oh, mm-mm. <laughs> no, thank you. That is totally fine. Uh, you do not have to do an after show. I did not think of it, so I didn't brief you. And I respect that. I look like a goblin. It's okay. It's totally okay. I don't think you do. I think you look beautiful. So well, thank you. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Any closing thoughts before we end the show? Be kind to yourself, man. Please be kind to yourself. Thank you all for sharing this time and space, and I hope you're doing well. And if you're not, I hope that you find a reason to keep going today. Okay? Bye, everyone. Bye.